This is Fresh Off the Grill Podcast, your main number one podcast for all the fresh, hot, sizzling MMA news. This is another and final Game of Thrones edition of the show. I'm Gabe. And I'm Rob. So we just got wrapped up this Sunday. We're recording this on a Tuesday of Game of Thrones, the season finale to the last episode ever. Series finale. How, how do you feel about the whole thing? I think the season was good. It could have been great if they had added four more episodes. With a 10-episode season, this could have been a great season. They need a little bit more flesh. I feel like it was definitely rushed, but it's weird that it was rushed and they took two years to make it. It was rushed in the wrong areas. I didn't feel that it was rushed until we really got into the last two episodes. They had just so much to flesh out and tell us in the last episode after they attacked King's Landing and after that was took. You can definitely tell that certain things were sacrificed just so they could give the characters final moments and what happened to them at the end. I mean, with the second to last episode, I probably enjoyed that as my favorite episode this season. But with the ease that Danny took the city, I understand that dragons but what what happened none of those scorpions did anything when there was just a couple of boats that had them and they took down her other dragon well that was because they came out from behind a rock and dragons are more effective with the rider i see what you're saying though the scorpions defending king's landing which were put there for that specific reason to take down the dragons zero effectiveness literally nil like, I think there's one or two shots maybe where they had any chance at all in taking out the dragon. I don't think they fired at all, did they? I think there was once or twice. It's very little. Slightly more effective than the Golden Company. I'm actually not very surprised with her burning down the city. I feel like they were foreshadowing that for a long time. Yeah. Because the whole thing about it is that she thinks that she's doing the right thing. Well, Tyrion explains it perfectly. She always showed these signs, but she was doing them to bad people and got cheered for it. Now that she's done it to innocent people, you see who she truly has always been. Well, I think it's one of those things where absolute power corrupts absolutely. But also, obviously, it's in her blood, but I think it's more of a thing of she got all this power so fast that it's almost what comes natural. And like Tyrion said, that people are cheering for her, burning people. Uh, it just so happens that this time it's innocent people. Yeah. I mean... There, there were some gray areas along the way, though. Like, we started seeing it in Marine. Yeah, well, I mean, she crucified the Masters. Which, all of which... I mean... All of them weren't bad. They were slave owners, but I mean, that's their culture. That's what they know. They're not just going to up and give it up like she made them do. She didn't need to burn them to death or crucify them. She didn't need to do the things she did to get her point across. That's what I'm saying. Obviously, the best part of that episode, and I think this entire season, was we finally got to see Clegane Bowl. I loved it. Lots of people didn't for some reason. What's what's there to complain about? Like, oh, it's stupid. It happened stupidly. Okay, well, what the fuck did you want to happen? He confronted his brother. Check. He fought his brother, check. His brother died, check. Yeah, and 
just before that he also tells Arya that like you don't want to be like me like literally all i live for is revenge and death essentially saves her life right which obviously she's gunning for cersei who just waltzes out of there <laughs> i love that she as soon as the hound confronts the mountain hello you grace the other queen's guard charges at him he kills him Kyburn tells the mountain, obey his queen, doesn't, fucking smashes his stupid little head in. I think and, the best way to describe it is uh, the, the new kid's word. He yeeted him. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Down the stairs and smashed his head. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as they start a fight, she just, she literally just walks up to the side. She's like, oh, don't mind me. Yeah. Well, once they, once they're like that, they're just... It's kind of like a, a dog when you're holding a stick in your hand. They're just dead set on what's in front of them. Yeah. And I thought the fight itself was pretty cool. Still, Oberyn and the Mountain was my favorite. But, I mean, this was two giant human beings going at it. I mean, they even hinted towards the Oberyn thing because the Mountain goes for the final kill. Yeah, he crushes one of his eyes. And one of his eyes are unusable. And you can see... The hound kind of like open up his right eye just to see where his eye is, feels around for it a little bit, and then stabs him through it, which is how Arya says she was going to kill the mountain, actually. So you think that they or did that on purpose? Yeah. Yeah. That's a callback to how Arya said she was going to kill the hound. I think she said she was going to put a knife through his skull and out the back of his head. Back when they were traveling buddies. I read something that she basically crosses him off the list. Do they physically show her cross him off the list? Well, she doesn't have a, a physical, physical list. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But she accepted it and his name is no longer on her list. She has no desire to kill him. Well, if you put it this way, he saved her life. So therefore his is like, she basically takes him off He's the list. He's made up for it. It's even and out. Yeah, that's how I kind of took it. And also fuck that fat little kid. I, I, oh, the butcher's boy? I'm glad he got stabbed. Yeah, he was a ginger. The hound doesn't like gingers. He said this time and time again. Yeah, he also killed Ed Sheeran. That's why you never saw him on the show again. Actually, they tell how he dies. Well, he doesn't even die. He's at the Battle of the Loot Train, where Daenerys first attacks the Oh, Lannisters. wait, this is established? Yes, this is real. They don't say his name, but they say some red-headed guy who sings. It's said in this season... And they said his eyelids are burned off. And he's all fucked up and scarred. So Ed, Ed Shireen is he's not looking too good. Shit. <laughs> Fuck him. Do you think he still has his ketchup tattoos on his arm? Or do you think those got burned off too? Burnt to a crisp. Everything is looking like a raisin on him probably. I don't know. Okay, obviously we had... She burned down a hole in the wall. She reburns all of the scorpion uh, ballistas, and then she stops with Drogon, and she's waiting on the city wall, and she hears the bells ring, which Tyrion's already told her that those will are signaling the city's surrender. surrender. And then she makes a quick judgment call and decides to burn all the innocent people. I think she planned to do that from the beginning. Why didn't she go immediately for the Red Keep is what I'm wondering. Again, I think that was her plan. Because in the last episode, where you see Jon trying to stop Grey Worm and his Unsullied from killing the captured Lannisters, he said, we're doing this on the Queen's orders 
to kill everyone that followed Cersei. Mm-hmm. So I think she killed some peasants on purpose. I don't know if it was to make an example of them and show them who's boss so the rest of them would fall in line. But I definitely don't think she accidentally did it. She could have flown right for the Red Keep, taken out Cersei, and that was that. But and It would have been mi- minimal um, yeah. casualties. I think she wanted to. Because that speech she gives to the Unsullied and the Dothraki when she said, this isn't the last war, even though she said that in the North after they won, and we're going down to Cersei, she essentially wants to take over all of Planetos. She says she wants to go down to Dorne. She wants to go east, west. It, she wants all it, of Essos. She wants it all. I mean, other than that, Clegainebowl was my favorite thing. Arya's interaction with the Hound was cool. Cersei's death is shit. There's no way you can't think that shit. It's literally like the laziest way to end it. Is that she dies in Jamie's arms? Oh, big whoop. Even the fight between Euron and Jamie is pretty fucking weak. I didn't mind the fight so much as I didn't like when it cut back to him and he said, I'm the man who killed Jamie Lannister. <laughs> I thought that was the single corniest line in the entire series. Yeah. Not so- just this season, the entire series. That was the corniest line. Especially because he doesn't. A rock kills Jamie. I just thought that was corny. They pretty much butchered Euron's character in this. In the books, he's so like mysterious. He has magical elements. He did fucking hallucinogenic drugs and had purple lips because he was a fucking lean fiend. Yeah, I was reading that like he wore an eye patch and he had like black hair and blue lips blue lips yeah and he also may or may not have a horn that takes over dragons they didn't have enough time to write that in well the i don't think it would have made sense had they done it i think they gave part of his character to the night king seeing how the night king doesn't exist in the books and how the night king gets his dragon instead i don't know we'll find out i mean if the books ever get written they which they probably won't so Cersei and Jaime die in the Red Keep after the The... caves collapse on them. It's shown a lot in the earlier seasons. That's where Arya's sneaking around in the base. Chasing cats. She's sneaking, uh, chasing cats, and she hears, overhears Varys. Varys and Illyrio talking. I'm saying that's probably the most famous scene that's down there. So they're down there and trying to escape when they've noticed that one of the caverns that leads out into the, the bay, I guess it would call there, where they left the dinghy in order to escape is collapsed in and basically they just hug each other and then then it ends like that. Yeah. I was holding out hope that at least Cersei was still alive just so I could see a more satisfying death. Yeah, I can see why you'd want that. I'm I did want her to die differently. I didn't absolutely hate the way she died because it fit her character on the show. Regardless of what you think, I don't think Cersei was that evil of a person she had motivations everything she did was for her family yeah she's not the most evil character and then the people that she was especially evil to she had her reason the sand snakes and the one with the bad pussy and her reasoning for killing them in well or torturing them for so long is she they killed her daughter you know what i mean she had just revenge completely just i honestly don't think anything she did was that bad then I guess that would lead us into they have this whole they have this lady that uh, is trying to get through King's Landing with her kid and basically keep the kids safe. 
they keep on focusing on her throughout the episode and it comes to a head when Arya is escaping this collapsing burning city now this is a good portion of the last part of the episode yeah it's a good five to ten minutes i think and they really build it up she's escaping all types of collapses of towers and seeming it seems like explosions it almost seems like like the marathon bombing or something like that it seems like a more current disaster like a terrorist attack the way they portray it in the show total chaos yeah i could see that but she meets up with this lady and she saves her from getting trampled by a crowd that's trying to flee the city and then later on she's given the chance to save her and the daughter and they end up getting burned alive and Arya witnesses all of this mm-hmm. and after this she then rides out a pale white horse, which I thought was like one of the things from like the apocalypse. Yeah, the Bible. The like four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, the death rides a pale white horse and she rides it out of the city and that's the way the episode ends. I mean, you can still take it as that, but it doesn't have to mean anything outside of that. I thought that she was going to be a badass and I thought this was building up her character for seeing seeing basically humanity die, seeing innocence die. And that she was going to take out Daenerys. And that's part of the reason why I really liked this episode. Because I thought this was foreshadowing crazier shit to come. And guess what? It fucking didn't. And that's part of the reason I have a problem with the last episode. Because they have a lot of shit that's just tidied up. That they just did to tie loose ends. But I don't feel like... They had a lot of characters that they built up. That the... The big story that they built up, it never came to fruition. It's kind of like they were just like, "Uh, we got to wrap it up. We don't have that much fucking time. Let's be real. The last episode could have been spread out at least between two to three episodes. That being said, there's not things I dislike in it. I still think that the one with uh, Clegane Bowl in it, I'm not sure what it's called right now off the top of my head, the title of the the episode. The Bells. Okay, that's definitely still my favorite episode this entire season. I still like the Battle of Winterfell um, as the most. The lo- the Long Night? Yeah. Okay. Um, this was number two, though, the fifth episode for me. We'll get into the last episode. So we come to Daenerys, and she's speaking to her army. Mm. And I'm going to emphasize this, her army, because we just saw them get decimated a couple of episodes ago. It sure did seem like that. I mean, they did say afterwards that half of them died, and I doubt very many of them died in the battle for King's Landing. But from the... So her seemingly decimated army, now, it already seemed out of proportion when her cavalry charged in the fourth episode. No, wait, the fifth Fifth. The fifth yeah. episode. It seemed out of proportion. But I was willing to suspend some disbelief. But as soon as we see her ranks... They look completely replenished. Ridiculous, right? That seems like her full army that she came with there. Between the Unsullied and the Dothraki? Yeah. It seems like it's at least 10,000 units there. It's fucking ridiculous. Once again, we run into this conundrum of there's way too many armies versus what's said or what we saw die on the screen. I mean... When you saw all those lights go out, I'm assuming that more than half of them died, and it doesn't look that way in this episode. From when the lights went out, it seemed like they 
Not all of them died because we saw some coming back, but we it just, seemed like a good ninety percent should have been gone. We saw some stragglers, but exactly, it seemed like a good ninety percent should have been gone. I mean, I'm being fair with saying at least half of them died. If you're gonna do that and make it look that way, keep them gone, or don't make them all seemingly die, if that makes sense. So I guess that's a, a pretty big problem that I had with it. I don't know if you'd call that continuity. It, it you could, is. but also I can see why they added them back in aesthetically, but it doesn't really make any sense. Oh, and we didn't we didn't mention in the other episode too. Talk about fucking useless. The Golden Company. Horrible. <laughs> killed no one the the only purpose they served is for to aria to have a fucking ride out of town yeah. <laughs> horrible and they look pretty cool they look like they might have been able to fight but we don't know now are we going to say that they're the most useless or are we going to say that the knights uh, king's um guards are the most useless in the entire series no, I'm definitely saying the Golden Company because, one, they were paid for, and two, I can understand completely why the Night King's generals didn't charge in with the rest of the army. Because they would probably be well. Uh, think about this. in control of a portion of the army, at least. Exactly. Season 7, they established that if you kill a White Walker, all the whites that they have turned die. There's 13, or is it 12, White Walkers? If they charge him with the army, and let's just say a stray dragon glass arrow, which can kill them, just so happens to hit one of them. That's potentially thousands of the army of the dead gone right there. I can see why they stayed back. That makes sense to me. I mean, they could have perhaps conveyed that to the audience somewhat better. But at least they did things in previous seasons. The Golden Company did nothing. Yeah. Except cost money. Okay, so... We're going to flat out say it, and you heard it here first, folks. Golden Company is absolute rubbish, fucking useless. Trash. So Euron brought them for no reason. Should have just got the fucking elephants. I would have liked to have seen it, which is weird that they cut corners like that, knowing that the budget HBO would have been willing to give them, and the time they would have been willing to give them. Also, for them to even mention it and just been like, well, you could have had him. And then had a running joke about it. So after she delivers her speech to her seemingly endless army, Tyrion comes up to her after finding his dead brother, basically his only friend in the world. Fuck Cersei, he doesn't care about that. Dead and collapsed in fucking the rubble of the caves. Comes up behind Daenerys after she's just delivered that speech. And right there, I felt like they were almost like hinting towards maybe him doing something. Or maybe they wanted you to think that. I kind of thought that for a second. Because he, he kind of creeped up on her. He didn't just walk behind her. It almost looked like he was tiptoeing with his tiny ass. Yeah, you, you thought he, I thought he might, might give it a try. She puts him into custody for betraying her, for letting Jamie go. When... In all honesty, he was just trying to get Jamie to tell Cersei, hey, you know, ring the bells. No one has to die. Mm-hmm. She was using, uh, we, we mentioned the innocents that was killed. She was using that as kind of leverage in order. She didn't think Daenerys would burn down the city knowing how many innocents were in. Yeah, they, she. They were letting him in by the thousands. She underestimated how, I don't want to say evil, but how bad she could be. Well, basically, Cersei 
used that as an insurance policy, and then Daenerys called her bluff. Oh, yeah. So Tyrion's taken into custody. Jon goes and talks to him. He basically tells him right there that he puts the idea in his head that Jon's going to have to kill Daenerys because... He's the only one that can do it. Well, also, if he doesn't do it, his his ass is next. And so were his sisters. Because 100% Daenerys was going to go to them. They're, they weren't going to fall into her plan. Not going to bend. Of a Daenerys. worldwide war. Going over to Essos and attacking. They weren't going to do that. They fought enough. Sansa wasn't bending the knee to shit. No. I actually, as someone who thought not much of her character, I actually really liked her character this season. She may have been one of the better performances throughout the entire season, I think. Well, she was straight cunt mode towards the until the end. Even after they crowned Bran. But it was a good cunt. <laughs> Even after they crowned Bran, she's like, yo, but the North is still separate, though. Yeah. <laughs> we good, fam? Yeah. So John, John goes to meet with Daenerys. He's met by Drogon in a pile of snow sleeping like a goddamn dog. Ash. That's all is it, ash. Is it ash? Yeah. A lot of it looked like snow. So, well, white, is it, white ash. Is it white ash? Okay. I thought it was snowing um, in King's Landing. It's meant to look like that because of the visions she had back in season two. Okay, so he's in a pile of ash, but he gets up like a goddamn dog, sniffs on John. He's like, all right, I'm going to let you go. And then this scene, and I knew uh, before they kissed, I knew that that bitch was going to get it. I was watching it with uh, Charity and her sister, and I was like, fucking stab that bitch. (laughs) She had it coming, but I really loved her dialogue before she got stabbed. You could tell all of her motivations from what she was saying to him. He He said something along the lines like, what if other people have other ideas or whatever for how the world should be ruled? And she goes, well, we'll just have to convince them that theirs are wrong. Or something like that. Well, she was legitimately like, she has her reasons, but it was, it's like talking to any crazy person. It's, they don't think they're crazy. She thinks all, she thinks she's good and well and everything is right in the world yeah. with what she's doing. Completely believes herself. I actually really like that bit of dialogue. I thought she did really well in that. I, uh, this is, this brings me to another problem with it is that Drogon comes and sees that his mom has just been slain by Jon Snow. And then he you can see the fire burning in his throat. He opens up his mouth and he burns the fucking melts the throne. That means nothing to a fucking dragon. Why didn't they choose to have fucking Jon Snow be burnt? Well, I think it was kind of a cop out. I think it was more symbolic. I understand what they're yeah. going for with, but the dragon doesn't know what that throne is. It's not like actually it's, dragons is supposed to be extremely smart. It's is it smart enough to know that that's the reason why probably. she was there? Yeah, honestly, they're probably that smart. I mean, it's a magical or creature. supposed to be that smart. I it's a say. magical creature, so yeah. I really can't say how fucking smart it is. Yeah. Did you notice that they poked fun at the fucking throne again? They've done this a couple times throughout. Well, the series. that's because they actually her description was how the throne was supposed to look. Right. It's supposed to be like a mountain of fucking yeah, swords. It's exactly. Supposed to be over a thousand. And I believe it was, I think it was Littlefinger or maybe Varys that joked about it and says, 
I only count this many. Like it's not. Yeah, even, it was a it, it was a conversation between the two. It's not even close to the number. Yeah. Because if you, I mean, go ahead and look up an illustration of what the Game of Thrones throne is supposed to look like in the book and how it's. Uh, it's a lot less aesthetically pleasing to look at. Yeah. And it's gigantic. It's a it's a fucking absurd mountain yeah. of swords. That's this at least the second time they joke about it in the series. Then basically we have everybody's rounded up that fucking means anything. All the fast little... forwards probably at least a couple months. You, do you think it? It had to have been. Look at how long Tyrion's beard was. How much longer Jon Snow's beard got? That's but, true, and there's no more ash. And they had to give time to give a cripple all the way down to King's Landing. <laughs> yeah, this this season and the last season was all about fucking time means nothing, basically. They should have just made each season 10 episodes. Right. I, I completely HBO agree. would have let them do it. They just didn't want to. We come to this meeting. Grey Worm is transporting prisoner, still in shackles, Tyrion to this meeting of all the important lords and ladies in Westeros. And they're trying to decide who's going to be the ruler, who's going to be king or and or queen. Then they let prisoner Tyrion fucking decide for them, which is also fucking bizarre. I understand that he was the hand of the uh, the queen for Daenerys. And also, he was hand in... Um, to Joffrey. He was hand to Joffrey as well, but... Interim hand, but still hand. But why would they let a prisoner decide? Well, I think that's one, it's what they wanted to do. Like all the lords and ladies, they didn't want Tyrion executed. He's on their side. But why would they do that? A a prisoner deciding that something with so much gravitas... I know what you're saying. ...is ridiculous. And it makes sense. I'm trying to think from their perspective why they would have this done. They could have easily just had Sansa. It looked like... The uncle wanted to speak, but we'll never know. He needs to sit the fuck down. He's pathetic, and I love that they said that. (laughs) I thought that was great. That actually had me laughing out loud on that part. Tyrion decides that it's best for Bran the Broken, not only legs, but dick should be on the iron sansa throne. put that dude on blast real quick <laughs> yeah, she's like how do you want him to be king his dick don't work and then Tyrion replies with well sansa you've seen the fucking awful men that um king's children can be so essentially this is the birth of democracy not democracy or republic because <laughs> sam right, suggests right. a democracy where the people rule and they just laugh, and they're like, sit down, you stupid fucking they're idiot. Like, yeah, I'm going to ask my my fucking horse what he fucking thinks yeah. it should be in charge. Essentially, they turn it into the Roman Republic, where all the people in charge choose a leader amongst themselves. But they still call him a king or a queen. Pissed off Grey Worm is just like, all right, I guess Jon Snow can just go back to the wall. That's fine. Yeah, they compromised on that one. He wanted him dead. They wanted him free. So they sent him to the wall where he essentially means nothing. He goes to North. You want to hear a funny tidbit about that? Well, it's where Masandi is from. Not that, but in the books. I don't know if this is canon to the show, but in the books, when anyone not from North travels to North, they die six months later of a horrible fever. There's some sort of disease on that island that you have to be born there to withstand. Otherwise, you die. You can basically say that it's almost as if they gave the Grey Worm a death pact. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's show canon. If it is show canon, he's going to his death. Right. 
And, All of the Unsullied yeah, are. And his crew. And then I guess the most important tie-up that we haven't touched upon is Brienne, being that she is a knight, is given the... Not just any knight. She's now... I mean, like, is she like... Uh, she's the lead, lead of the Kingsguard. Yeah. She is given the task of finishing Jamie Lannister's page um, of in the night book describing... Not just all page. The, all the heroics of the knights. She gave that to like ten pages. She kept on flipping and writing, flipping and writing. She didn't let any of that fucking ink dry. It's just gonna be smudged to fuck. I know. I saw a lot of shit about that too. Um, I well, I was saying it during, and also the joke, the Mean Girls joke was made by Charity's sister straight away. Don't trust this fugly skank slut or whatever that she says in the fucking Mean Girls. That was a meme, too. They made that meme. I know, instantly. Yeah. Got a lot of the internet. From what we saw, because I haven't found anywhere a complete uh, transcript of what she's written in the book, but basically she was very forgiving and fair to Jamie Lannister. And the last line I remember is... He died protecting his queen. Yeah. I'm sure that she wrote something nice about him uh, facing the, the, the army of the dead in the war for the living, basically. You know, she respected him in the end because he stayed true to his queen and his sister, his first love, even though she tried to fucking kill him. And I thought it was a really bad writing choice for him to fucking tail between his legs and go back to Cersei. People can think that that's bad writing if they want, but to me, honestly, it feels like he's stayed true to his character. I think he's always done everything he's done for Cersei. That includes going up north to fight the dead. He only did that so the dead didn't get further south in hopes of stopping them in their tracks and where they were. So he was the single representative of the Lannister army. I guess so. Every man helps when fighting the dead, so that may have been his thought process. Every man except for the Lannister army. Yes. And Cersei with her control of that. He put that sister pussy on a pedestal. He did. He definitely did. And with Brienne, I guess her pussy's so bad that he just decided to go back. I mean, he d he did go at it a couple times, so it couldn't have been that horrible. It was a one night stand yeah so maybe he went like three times depending on how many condoms he had night with a k <laughs> with the, before we get to the likes and dislikes what we liked about this episode what we disliked let's hear a word from our sponsors now gabe is there anything you specifically liked about this episode i'm going to start with the things i do like and i like that they went back well it kind of feels the way this se whole season played out it seems like as soon as people would complain about something, they would go back and fix it. For instance, with the the Long Night episode, that one seemed dark and cloudy. We all heard it. And then the next episode, it seemed, it seemed like they lightened things up a bit. And I don't know if they actively went back and changed that. I see what you're saying. Theon's hair looked fucking bright red. I think that also kind of symbolized him being... A Stark again. Oh, that's a good point too, because like, uh, because Catelyn Stark with her red hair, um, Sansa, Rickon, right, Rob, they all had all had auburn hair. So maybe that kind of symbolized him being part of the family again. And also with Sansa putting the 
um, Stark sigil on his chest uh, while he's on the funeral pyre. So you yeah. could be onto something there. That's actually not a bad uh, way to look at it. And we obviously, we have John returning to Castle Black, basically where he started. And he gives the goodest boy, Ghosts, some well-deserved pats. Now, why did they show Torment? I really would have liked heard a last word from Torment. See, that's, I think the last word that he had had in the previous episode should have been it. He left with good words. He had final good words. That should have been it. They shouldn't have shown him this episode, in my opinion. And they also show them taking the free folk and going beyond the wall. And I did appreciate them ending basically where they started the show. Because they start the show with that kid running and the White Walker. Yeah, they exit through Castle Black in the first episode. And it's specifically in that forest, though. Yes. I kind of, I don't know if you took it this way, but I almost kind of took it as Jon Snow abandoning the Night's Watch. Right. And like, going on. Like he just goes up north and he's not coming yeah. back. Yeah. And not necessarily the king of the wildlings or the king beyond the wall, but just to live as one of the free folk. Well, I would take it that way, too, because he looks back while the gate's closing and then he doesn't look back. Yeah, and what the fuck are they going to do? They can't punish him anymore. Right, and also... I mean, they could. Why is the Night's Watch still a thing? I mean, I know they say they need a place for bastards and broken men, but why is the Night's Watch still a thing if the wild, I mean, the, the White Walkers aren't there anymore? Not just... We're there at peace with the Wildlings, seemingly. Exactly. There really is no use for the Night's Watch. I guess Trump would say it as, you know, we need to build a wall. So maybe they need to rebuild the wall just in case because a good portion of it did go collapsing down. Yeah, I mean, the wall is like 700 miles long. That was only a small portion of that 700 miles. Maybe they can put up a fence now. The other thing that I enjoyed from this episode is the long time coming, long deserving, Bronn finally got his castle. And one of the best castles in all of Westeros, Highgarden. It's great to see him finally get what he deserves. They even have him have a couple of one-liners at the end talking about how all the best brothels were burned down in the city and that it should be of utmost importance that they rebuild post-haste. Exactly. Actually, before the ships, because that's not nearly as important. But all is right in the world. Um, Sir Podrick is a knight. I enjoyed that. Member of the King's Guard now. Which means he can no longer fuck. I mean, I think I really touched upon my, my dislikes. I, the whole thing just felt rushed. I didn't... It didn't feel as good as as Joffrey's death. It didn't feel as good as Ramsay's death. It didn't even feel as good as Littlefinger's death. And I thought that was lackluster in comparison to the latter. Yeah, well, I mean, the deaths of Joffrey and Ramsay were just so amazing. I think that's kind of why Littlefinger's didn't feel as good, but... I see what you're saying. Yeah, it just wasn't as satisfying. Cersei's death is garbage. Daenerys' death is garbage. She needed to die, but... I actually liked Daenerys' death. I think that was the only way she could have died, the way they built it up. You had to get stabbed by the one that she loves. Yeah. Her, his, his fucking, his, his catchphrase this season, instead of him not knowing anything, is... This is my true queen. Yeah. Now, with what I liked in this season or episode, more so this episode, the acting from Tyrion, I thought was fantastic. That one bit with Daenerys, 
where she was in the throne room and it was a callback to season two where she got into the red keep the ash sees her husband i think that all foreshadowed her dying I thought her performance in that was really good. I, I I never really find Amelia Clark acting to be that great personally. Me neither. But I thought this particular scene was. I thought visually the whole season looked great. I think that's the the majority of what they spent their time on is like probably cinematography, framing shots. I definitely shots. wouldn't disagree with that. Um, obviously CGI up the ass. Dragons um, looked great. Some of my favorite parts in this episode. We're at the meeting of the small council. One in particular was Sir Davos. We see him start off as an illiterate, lowly born man. And he comes up and makes his way to actually correcting bronze grammar, which I thought was pretty good. I thought it... Old Onion Knight. They really built on his character. In terms of some of my favorite characters... Not just ones I liked because they were funny, which would be Tormund and Tyrion. And the Hound. And the Hound. I think Sir Davos may have been my favorite character from an acting standpoint. And we've also seen him develop. Yeah. Because back in the old days of the show, there used to be character arcs and character development. You can also blame George R. R. Martin for things not being tied up completely well. I would really like to see whatever shitty notebook he showed them before they made the final uh, seasons of the show. I think he has so little going on that he told them the ending. He still hasn't finished the books, and he's going to gauge the fans' reception to that he's basically, and change it accordingly. He's basically going to Aziz Ansari yeah. the jokes he's for gonna, his book. He's going to pull the audience to see what they liked. That's kind of what I think is going to happen. Some dislikes. John's parentage, him being a Targaryen, was essentially nothing more than a plot device for Danny to mistrust him and to dislike him. Right. It was completely a useless thing. It meant nothing. It essentially meant nothing. One of the most important births in the history of Westeros was boiled down to essentially a plot device for it. And when you look at it this way, he starts out season one and he wants to go to Castle Black. He wants to go to the Wall. He ends up at Castle Black at the Wall again. He literally could have stayed there for the entire run of the show. Obviously, there's there's things that he's involved with that are important, like the Battle of the Bastards, and you can name off a bunch of other stuff, but... He just ends up right where back where he was. Yeah, fitting. It's it's just boring. I think it's lazy. And they really didn't use his his lineage. That's what made me upset. It, it was useless almost. It was that was one of the most interesting things. Like when that fan theory came true, that was one of the most exciting moments in the show, and it's completely lost. And that that goes back to my thing where they built up like Arya's thing and then they just throw it away. Why build that up and then not use it? Yeah, th there was a lot of problems with this season. With that being said, I still thought it was a good season. Just not as good as other Game of Thrones seasons. I think that this was the worst and weakest season. And I think that the season before this was probably after that. I'm going to disagree. I think... Th that season five was probably worse than season seven. That was the whole Dorn storyline. It also had good moments, but 
when they surpass the books, let's just face it, they're not as talented a writers as George R. R. Martin. But they did as good as fans could have hoped for. And instead of thanking them for doing their best adapting a story that they love to the screen, which I take the same way for Lord of the Rings. Some of my favorite stories were brought to the big screen. Instead of criticizing them, I'm thankful that I got to see them in that medium. Where some fans, I think, are overly critical. This is the best fantasy adaptation on TV we've ever had. Far and away. Not only are they critical, but they actually all got together and signed petitions to have the season 8 remade. It's never going to happen. Not just that, but it's pathetic. What are they going to do when they're saying that they can write better than these guys? Which, obviously, they can't. If they could, they'd have a job in writing. I just think it's... it's. I don't want to say empty complaints, but a lot of it is overreactions. I guess it's just... It's sad to see it go, and with how much anticipation we had built up over two years, I feel like either way they would have gone with... Any way they would have gone with this season, it would have been kind of a similar showing. I think no matter how good this season was, people were going to leave unhappy or unsatisfied. One, another thing with the ending, they've been saying for years that it's not going to be a happy ending and it, or it's going to be a bittersweet ending. To me, this was a much happier ending than I ever envisioned. I'm sure, not- Daenerys died, but Jon got to go back north to where he loves. Sansa's queen like she always wanted to be. Arya's out traveling the world all alone like she always wanted. And Bran's the fucking king of the six kingdoms. So essentially, this had more of a Disney ending than I ever imagined it having. I don't think that this is what George R.R. R. Martin saw and set out to write when he started the books. That's hey. his own fault. He can't blame anyone but himself for this. Well, he needs to get his ass on that Apple II and finish the books. Which I don't think is ever going to happen. I don't think he started. I enjoyed my years watching this show. Still my favorite show of all time. Last season, still better than most shows on TV. But was it up to Game of Thrones standards? Probably not. The things that made Game of Thrones great is was the layers and the, the human interaction. The intrigue, the betrayal, the treachery, all that stuff. And I think that we can just attribute to these writers just not being as talented as George. That's that's all I can really say to that. I just think George also doesn't really know where he's going with this series and doesn't know what to do. He's hit a fucking hell of a writer's block, I think. But with that being said, Gabe... Any final words from you? I wanted to give the show a eulogy, so I wrote something quick down. We started this journey eight years ago. Watched our brothers die in bitches burn to ash. Weddings end in bloodshed. Titties glisten in cell light. Shadows kill a man. Dragon fire consume an armada. Betrayals in gardens. And lots of double crossing. But the dragon fire has gone out. And now our watch has ended. And now our watch has ended. We're just going to give our plugs and we're going to get the hell out of here. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram at Fresh Off the Grill Pod. You can email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at Fresh Off the Grill Pod at gmail.com. Download the Anchor FM app 
to leave us a viewer voicemail. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. It'd be greatly appreciated. And check out my other podcast where we do movie reviews, Cinema Apocalypse Now. Adios. Peace. And who are you? The proud Lord said that I must bow so low. It's all the truth I know In a coat of gold Or a coat of red A lion still has claws Mine are long and sharp, my lord As long and sharp as yours And so he spoke and